Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Maxima USA and Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BigMXRadio at checkout, BigMXRadio15, to save 15% off every single one of your orders. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got The Burner. He's a repeat offender on the Big MX Radio podcast. I believe this is his sixth time uh, gracing us with his presence. He's an absolute uh, hero and legend in the sport of motocross and still uh, not only an active member of riding, but uh, uh, one of the big bosses with the hot sauce over at uh, Maxima USA, Scott Burnworth. Scott, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? How you doing? Hey. Not doing too bad, man. Uh, having ourselves a, a fantastic Friday over here in uh, in Canada. It snowed for the first time all year, so yeah, no, oh. uh, it's. Uh, I feel uh, bad. It, it, I feel bad. It's about ninety degrees here. <laughs> I was gonna say, is it is it typical sunny and seventy five in uh, in the El Cajon zone? It's actually probably closer to ninety today. <laughs> it's gonna be hot. It's been hot the last. You know, a few weeks. Fair enough. Well, that that's the reality that you guys get to live in. Uh, yeah, I, I woke up to a nice, uh, cool blanket of snow covering my truck. Uh, and that's basically just a, a taste of what's to come for the winter that's going to be. Uh, and, a, and a winter that will likely not see me do uh, much travel, if any at all, to uh, to head south to go to a Supercross. So, But uh, hopefully at some point the borders reopen. And because uh, I don't think that going to a supercross counts as essential travel, Scott. Uh, I don't think so right now. <laughs> no, probably maybe not. A, maybe a vintage. Race. A, a vintage race is is likely essential travel, and that's what we're talking about today. Uh, like every time, every uh, there's usually two reasons why I call up uh, Scott Burnworth. Actually, three three reasons why I like to call up Scott Burnworth for a podcast sometime during the year. One is for the uh, the Carlsbad reunion happens every year. Uh, I don't. I, I assume it happened last year. Uh, yeah, we did. We did. We did a yeah. podcast about it um, at uh, at. Um, Beer Brothers down Booze in uh, Booze, Booze uh, Brothers, yeah. Booze Brothers, you guys do that every year, right. and then uh, this uh, this vintage race is becoming a hallmark as well. And uh, third reason, of course, is that I just love uh, old old stories, and you're absolutely full of them. Um, but uh, the the reason for the call today is uh, discussing this uh, vintage moto event that's uh, going down uh, tomorrow uh, at Glen Helen. Also, so uh, yeah, give us next weekend. Next weekend, next weekend. Uh, what's yep. uh, give me the lowdown? What's going on with it? Well, it's a uh, SoCal Vintage MX Classic at uh, Glen Helen Raceway. We do it. Uh, we've done it for about ten years now, and um, we're doing it again next next Saturday. Glen Helen uh, should be a great turnout. Um, lots of different bikes, uh, different years. Uh, you know, from you know sixties to you know. 70s 80s 90s uh and then we have modern classes too so for the guys that don't have vintage bike or they have two bikes they have a vintage bike and a modern bike um so we kind of have something for everybody absolutely and and, uh in addition to racing a, a great opportunity for some uh uh some fans of vintage moto to get on that tailgate and uh and swap some stories do some bench racing and uh it's always a, a lot of fun that's why it's been going on for 10 years now yeah you know um it's it's just been 
kind of a fun thing for me to do um, because I got into vintage racing after I, I raced uh, professionally. Of course. Um, after a while, I took a break for a while, but um, it's just really fun. A lot of great people. Um, you know, it's, it's not all about just racing. It's, it's part of the day, you know, share stories uh, with, with other people and, and lots of cool bikes. You know, that's what I like about it. I, I really love the old bikes, you know, the, the four inch travel bikes. And uh, I still like riding those, not all the time, but every now and again, it's a good time. Absolutely. No, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, your vintage uh, love affair with motocross sort of started with some of like those Osas and like some of the Botacos and stuff like that you, you were riding uh, just as you started getting back into things. Yeah. What what uh, what drew you to some of like the like Greaves and Osas and stuff like that to uh, um, uh, jump back onto it? Well, when I start, I first started got got back into it. Um, I a guy asked me, "Hey, you want to go try this uh, vintage race at Carlsbad?" And I'm all sure. He, he had like a '74 Honda Elsinore 250. Okay. And um, I went out there. Huh? I've actually ridden one. Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not the sweetest bikes, but no. it, it was it was a decent bike. But I had a great time out there. It was a, it was a good layout and stuff. And uh, so after that, I I kind of got the bug, and then I went and bought a um, like a seventy. I think it was a seventy four, seventy three, or seventy four two fifty Elsinore, um, and I fixed it up. A little bit and uh i rode that for a while and um i mean those those bikes compared to the other vintage bikes in those classes are not the greatest so you know really the cz's and and mako's and all those are probably a little bit more uh a little more popular um and then i got hooked up with my buddy who has tons of osas which i started riding that which is almost by far, I think, one of the best vintage bikes that you can ride um, in those classes because it's super fast, handles great. Um, the only thing is that, you know, it, it takes quite a bit of maintenance. There's not a lot of parts around, so everybody has a lot of those, and so he keeps it maintained. And uh, I, I still like riding the thing. It's, it's a blast. I think it's amazing how fast it is. There you go. It's almost like you're a, a, an Osa factory rider with somebody who's got one willing to work on it and has some parts for the damn thing. Uh, I think that's sort of the biggest, uh, I wouldn't say drawback or, or apprehension of racing vintage is that uh, these things are hard to work on sometimes. They're hard to find parts for and uh, there's plenty of uh, trailer queens out there that uh, like guys like they, they love to they clean them up. They want to keep them super nice. They're a little bit reluctant to uh, twist the throttle on him and, and actually put him through a moto. I know my, my dad's that way. He's got his 78 RM125, and uh, since I gifted it to him four years ago, it hasn't so much as started. So, um, uh, like, is, like how, do you, how do you encourage some guys to uh, pull those old bikes out? Well, yeah, yeah, like you said, there's there's a lot of guys that um, have, you know, those binge bikes that, that are kind of show, so... You know, those, some of them aren't really made for racing or, you know, you probably wouldn't want to race them because they're too nice. And there are a lot of those guys that, you know, older guys that quit racing and just restore them. And, uh, and then there's the other hand where, you know, 
you got the race bike. So you make sure that, you know, the shocks work good. Everything works good. You know, maybe put a couple modern bits on it to make it, uh, work good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a culture, you know, it's, uh, pretty cool. A culture and a bit of an addiction as well. Like it's almost like once you get into it, you're, you're like, you're constantly upgrading and, and like there's uh hop up kits and stuff like that, that like, I'm sure were super popular back in the day that are even harder to find like an old porcupine head or something like that. Are those the type of things you're going to, that people can uh, expect to see in a week's time? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of, there's so many bikes, different bikes out there. Um, like I said, you know, every, every era, you know, from old four stroke, you know, triumphs, you know, sixties and, uh, you know, seventies, uh, a lot of the Elsinores and lot, lots of CZs. Um, that's probably like the most, the probably the most popular bike in the vintage class, the CZs. And um, there's, there's some Elsinores and stuff, but we have a special thing going on this year. Um, I got an idea to do a Marty Smith tribute class. Of course. Yeah. Um, so it's all, it's basically all Elsinore. So I started out, I was going to start out just making it like 74, 75 and older bikes, you know, and I, I came across kind of some issues because there's, not a lot of them out there that are raceable. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of have a short of, a, of bikes, but I do have quite a few guys signed up right now. Um, so we had to open it up to uh, like 70, let's see, up to 1980. So we kind of have two classes within the class. So we'll have a, a few newer bikes, like 79s and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a lot more suspension. Like, the, like I think back to like a, a 70, 74 TM from Suzuki was four inches of travel, and I think the by the yeah. time around like the seventy eight, it was already eight inches, and a different rear wheel. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a total different ball game. Uh, some of those later Hondas, I've you know I don't know, probably ten or twelve, you know, maybe probably twelve inches uh, suspension, so they handle pretty good. Um, it's hard to compare it to those old bikes. So how do you break up classes uh, as far as vintage? Obviously, you kind of go by the years, but there was different different manufacturers that got rid of the twin shock before other ones did. Um, and like some 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 bikes continued to be liquid cooled long after other ones did, like the the Yamaha uh, 490, which I believe went extinct before it saw a, uh, a proper. Uh, water cooled system, uh, as well as like there's certain like Hondas had disc brakes before Kawasaki's did. Um, like how do you how do you really break that up? Well, um, we we probably don't break it up as much as you know some of the you know like Arma and stuff like that because it's mm -hmm. just you have way many classes that you know we'd have to have a two day event or something like that. So yeah. we're kind of a little lax on the years. Um, and it's, you know, this is a one-time deal. It's not a series or anything. So um, the way we break it up is, is vintage. You have three different categories. It's vintage, 75 and earlier bikes. We have evolution, which is 76 to 83, and revolution from 84 to 95. So it's a pretty big span. Some guys get um, docked a little bit. But for the most part, if you're a good rider, you know, you have an 84, you know, Suzuki, it's still going to be compete competitive with the, you know, some of the newer bikes. 
Oh yeah. I, I, I was joking with a buddy of mine who raced pro locally and I said like, like how far back in technology wise do you think you'd have to go before you're still like that you're you're not faster than me anymore like when the te the technology is literally right. holding you back and like of course i was a like junior level rider and he's a pro and he's like i'm thinking it would probably have two shocks on it like he's he's thinking like early early 80s late 70s and i'm like that hurts my feelings yeah. but you're probably correct <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see how fast guys can still go on those things, and um, and and how, how well they they uh, they do handle like uh, low center of gravity, uh, especially the bikes that didn't have uh, radiators or anything. There's not really much to them, and they're quite light as well. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is like they, you know, they're so much lighter and you know easier to ride. You know, a little bit compared to like 450, 250. You know, it's 250F yeah. now. I don't know exactly what they weigh at 240 pounds. Yeah. 230, 235 minimum. Yeah. That makes a lot of difference. You know, when you got 40 or 50 pounds, you know? Yeah. Like a, a vintage 125 can't be more than 180 pounds. Yeah. That, I remember I had some good memories because one of my first bikes, factory bikes that I got to ride was like a 1980 Suzuki RM. Uh, it wasn't an RM. It was the RA 125, RA 125. you know, made all this stuff. And the thing, I, I swear it probably weighed like 180 pounds or something like that, you That's know, wild. and it was incredible. Titanium, magnesium everywhere, you know, aluminum tank, all handmade stuff. It was like, I really wish I had one of those these days, but no kidding. Like yeah. I'm surprised they were able to use that much titanium back then, especially with like the flex characteristics of the the chassis and stuff like that. Like was that a like right. did the bike feel that much stiffer and that much tighter with uh with uh titanium fasteners and uh like it would be axles and stuff like that as well? Uh I think it was more about weight, you know, for the titanium. Okay. Um so I mean they were right on the limit. I don't you know, you could probably look it up. I don't remember what the limit was. I I want to say, like one ninety four or something. I I'm just just guessing, but yeah, um, yeah. It was all about weight then. You know, now it's like I don't know. They're pretty set on. You know, it doesn't change a lot now. <laughs> they used yeah, to plus strap half the riders know, like one hundred and thirty pounds feel, anyway. Some of the factory bikes were like way too light, so they'd strap like a block of uh, steel on the bottom, or you know, just crazy stuff like that. Um, yeah. No, I, I think uh, Heath Voss actually did that with his. Uh, they put a chain underneath the skid plate of his 450 so they could make weight. Yeah, that's crazy. That's and that's what I, that's what I kind of miss about the whole factory thing now is. You know, when you watch F1 and all that stuff, that, oh, yeah. you know, the, the ultimate trick. thing is, is, yeah, make the trickiest thing you can possibly have. You know, you can't go buy one of those, you know, bikes. And, yeah. but now it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of blurred between the real factory bike and the production bike because the production bikes are so good now. And, um, you know, you, I mean, obviously you can't buy some of the parts, but a lot of them are, you know, stock parts and, not like it used to be. The whole bike was handmade, you know, sand cast cases, um, a lot of, you know, like I said, titanium and, and just everything was all hand built. And um, 
I, I oh, was yeah. pretty lucky to ride like nowadays outside of some suspension components and uh uh the a factory transmission like and a, a few of the custom carbon fiber bits and bobs that you see protecting some stuff on the dirt bikes um a lot of that stuff is like, it's it's a it's a production machine with some very high end bolt on uh, equipment and and probably maybe a custom exhaust that you wouldn't be able to get your hands on. But uh, yeah, for the most part, um, on one hand, it's awesome for the the consumer that they can basically, uh, if they have uh, some pretty deep pockets, they can make uh, a bike that you could basically see on on the line at a Supercross. Um, but yeah, there's something to be said for something for some of those the the bikes that you raced at, at the factory level that uh, they. They were completely one of a kind. Even you, your bike would have been slightly different from your teammates, which is wild to think. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, times have changed for sure. So um, I was lucky to grow up in that era. So um, I'm glad about that. And uh, yep, but I mean, the bikes are surely tricked nowadays. It's, it's no no doubt. You know, it's nice to see all the technology. Um, but yeah. yeah. So coming through, uh, like you're, you, you've been doing this for quite some time, I don't know, 10 years of doing this particular event. Uh, what's changed about it over the years? Uh, I like, will you be racing both the, uh, a vintage bike and a, a modern bike? I know that you have a, a RMZ, uh, 250F. Um, and yeah, for, for those who haven't already signed up and today I believe is the deadline and we'll try and get this out, uh, yep. in, in the next hour or so, so they can listen to it and get all jealous. But what are, what are they missing out on if they don't show up? Uh, it's just a, it's just a fun, it's a long day, you know, um, cause we have a lot of classes and, but you know, the cool thing is, uh, we have a lot of, uh, ex, you know, factory riders coming out, um, Chuck's on gonna mainly, be you know, Chuck Sutton, I don't know. I don't know about Chuck this time. Um, he usually comes, but um, I haven't heard from him. <laughs> Fair enough. But I, I got quite a good list of, of guys coming, and a lot of the guys are going to race in the Marty Smith race. You know, it's more of a tribute, so not a super serious kind of thing. Um, although, you know, some of the guys will take it seriously. Um, so I've got. Right now, I've got Brock Glover, Rick Johnson, uh, Tommy Croft, uh, the Tribes Brothers, um, Donnie Hansen. I don't think he's riding, but some of the guys are not riding. They're just going to come out, you know, and mm-hmm. hang out. And, and uh, it's still got cool to Bill see those Urban. Guys. especially guys. Oh like yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of these guys were friends with Marty. Um, and the cool thing we got um, Marty Smith's son, Tyler Smith. And he's going to ride in the class. So we got him That's a bike, cool. um, really tricked Elsinore 125. And um, so it's just really cool. I mean, um, just a fun day of racing. I mean, all, you know, all kinds of bikes, all, all different years. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just a fun day of racing, basically. Ah, it's going to be so much fun. I'm jealous that I can't come down there. I hope that uh, maybe we, I can send somebody in my place or something along those lines. But uh, um, speaking of, of uh, Marty Smith, uh, for those who don't know, uh, won his very first Supercross at 16 years, 10 days, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh-huh. One of the youngest to ever do so. Uh, I think even to this day, still the youngest to ever do so. 
um, and an absolute legend in the sport of motocross and taken from us uh, abruptly and, uh, of course, way too soon. Um, I'm sure you've got uh, a boatload of stories. Uh, would you care to uh, share one with, uh, with the great uh, Marty Smith? Well, you know, uh, Marty was a little bit older than me. So, right. you know, I was a kid looking up to when I, when I started racing, um, and, um, you know, all look, looking at him in magazines and stuff like that, you know, he's like Superman. Um, and I was on mini bikes then and, um, you know, we kind of grew up in the same area. Um, so I didn't really, I didn't really cross paths with Marty that much then, uh, because we were, you know, our age difference and I was riding, you know, mini bike still. So I'm not racing against them or nothing. And, um, you know, there's a little age different there. So, um, I didn't really come become friends with Marty till later, um, just from seeing him, uh, around locally. Um, you know, he teaches a lot of schools at a local track here called Barona. And, um, you know, I'd see him out there racing or riding, teaching and stuff like that. And, um, so that's basically, um, you know, I've, I've met Marty just through all of our friends. Tommy Cross is a real good friend with him. Um, you know, we, we've had, you know, several events, you know, around, you know, California and we, we, you know, we like the Carlsbad reunion and, um, you know, sometimes we had like a San Diego motocrossers, uh, get together, um, a couple years ago. Yep. It was, you know, all the guys from Cone Zone and just from San Diego, uh, San Diego motocrossers, uh, kind of a group just at a restaurant and it was there were some great stories there um so oh, you know so I, I, like you, just, you get yeah, ron machine was, and and uh ricky johnson in the same room they just start competing for who's got the cooler story yeah there was a lot of good stories to be had marty had a few good ones himself um yeah that's right i old, met him for the first uh, time yeah old the, rental car uh old rental car stories, you know, um, derbying and, uh, you know, old race stories. And it's, uh, really interesting. No kidding. So yeah, he's, he was a, a few years older than you. Uh, you're, uh, you turned pro, I believe 79, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he so was he, already he well into retired, his, he uh... retired. Yeah. Yeah. He retired in, uh, 81, I think. So yeah. I was kind of just getting started then. Do you, do you recall any any run-ins with him at the track, or uh, or did you just did he just blow your doors off, and then you're like, oh, I need to get faster? Uh, you know, not not then, because um, like I said, I wasn't, I don't know, we didn't cross paths too much at you know, local races, Carlsbad Saddleback, because I don't think he, I don't think he raced a lot of that, you know, in the when we're racing pro, you know, um, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what I did when I first started. I. I lived at Carlsbad and Saddleback, you know, every weekend, up and down, up and down. Um, so, um, just the age difference, we were kind of at different eras, so um, didn't cross paths a whole lot. Just at local tracks sometimes when he was teaching later. Fair enough. So, like, uh, I know you yourself had a very storied career, and I think probably the thing people remember most: a Rick Johnson sending you into the cheap seats. Secondly, uh, that black and red Thor gear that I believe, were you wearing that particular night? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was actually, that was actually Hallman. So that was before okay. it was called Thor. Yeah, but you're back uh, on Thor now. Racing. Yeah, so I'm back on Thor. I, uh, I, I got back with Thor uh, you know, 
year and a half or so ago. Yep. And it's good to be back because I, I still kind of deal with some of the people that I did, you know, when I rode. That's uh, wild. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they got some cool gear out now and, uh, and they have that, the Hallman line, which is a, you know, vintage inspired line. And, uh, I'm really pushing them to make some of that eighties, nineties gear. <laughs> so, um, we'll see. Do you still fit into that old black and red stuff? I know you're, you're pretty uh fit guy. In fact, you were working out before I called you today. Like, are, are you possibly in better, uh, better shape, uh, and fit better into that stuff now <laughs> than you did uh, back then? No, I'm, I'm definitely not in better shape, but I, you know, uh, I have good, uh, jeans. So I've, I've stayed pretty lean and, okay. and light and, uh, still wearing like a 32 waist. So I probably weighed like a, I probably wear uh 30, 30 or 31 when I was racing, I was pretty, pretty scrawny. Um, so yeah, I can still fit in most of my gear. I, so I have some of my old jerseys, um, uh, that I wear on occasion. I don't have a lot of them, but. I have an old, some old Suzuki Sindasalo and some other ones. Uh, kind of cool. No doubt. No, yeah, you're uh, you're like a greyhound. There's not a, an ounce of fat on you. Uh, good genes and, and staying active will do that. Um, but uh, Scott, I know you've got a really busy schedule for the rest of your day, so I won't uh, I won't keep you too long. But I hope that uh, everyone takes you up on the invitation to check out uh, this event. Um, whether the, you're uh, you're wanting to uh, bring your bike down and show show it off to everybody, some oohs and ahs, or you're planning on uh, pulling it off the back of the truck and, and showing Scott Byrne we're at the fast way around uh, Glen Helen. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm looking how forward do, to uh, it. How do people register if, they, if they've still got some time today, uh, or if they they want to send a frantic email to you sometime uh, over the next day or so to to get involved for uh, for next Sunday's big race? Yeah, uh, to, there's a link at SoCalVintageMXClassic.com, and that's for the online sign-up, and uh, it's pretty easy. Um, sign up and go. Um, that's about it. Cool, man. Well, I hope that people do uh, head out there. I hope it's a fantastic event. It already sounds like it's going to be. Uh, but uh, like I said, I'll let you get on with the rest of your day, my friend. I really appreciate making time today. All right. Thanks for having me on, Brad. uh, Take care. Absolutely. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. Okay.